We are here to announce today charges that have just been filed uh, against William Henry Cosby. Oh, yeah. Better late than never. All right, well, you found us. This is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Oregon Central Coast, 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove, Oregon, 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster, PA, 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, and coast-to-coast and around the globe, on kpfk.org, on the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, on iTunes, on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, the always amazing Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, and Radio Sputnik, five days a week. Usually hosted by Brad Friedman of bradblog.com, but today, once again, you've got me, Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com, doing my best swell guy imitation as your trusty guest host. All right. Well, we've made it this far. One more day to go. Two more shows, actually. So for our penultimate broadcast of 2015, we will focus today on the never-ending war on women. Then we'll have a little fun with some of the more absurd news stories of the year, and we'll play a little game of Who Said It? The 2015 Notable Quotables Edition. But we begin today with a bit of breaking news. I know, a surprise to me too, on this, like the slowest news period of the year. However, it was a shocker out of Pennsylvania, where charges have been filed against Bill Cosby. Right now, the district attorney here in Montgomery County releasing those details and actually charging comedian Bill Cosby with aggravated indecent assault. This all stems from a 2004 alleged incident against Andrea Constant, who at the time was a Temple University women's basketball coach. We are here to announce today uh, charges that have just been filed uh, against William Henry Cosby. Those charges are three counts of aggravated indecent assault, a felony of the second degree. These charges stem from a sexual assault that took place uh, on an evening in early 2004 at Mr. Cosby's home in Cheltenham Township, Montgomery County. According to the criminal complaint filed today in Montgomery County, comedian Bill Cosby and the victim, a women's basketball coach at Temple University, established a friendship. The victim came to consider Mr. Cosby her mentor and her friend. But the embattled comedian apparently wanted more, offering the victim wine and blue pills during an early 2004 visit at Cosby's home in Cheltenham, Pennsylvania. On the evening in question, Mr. Cosby urged her to take pills that he provided to her and to drink wine, the effect of which rendered her unable to move or respond to his advances, and he committed aggravated indecent assault upon her. 
Now the 78-year-old will face a judge this afternoon, arraigned on these felony charges. Reopening this case was not a question. Rather, reopening this case was our duty as law enforcement officers with a sworn obligation to uphold our constitutions and to uphold the law. So there you have it. Bill Cosby due in court this afternoon for arraignment. The statute of limitations, by the way, in Pennsylvania for this type of sexual assault is 12 years. In the case we're talking about today, the incident occurred in 2004. Thus, the reason for the charges to be filed before the end of 2015, because 2016 is when the statute of limitations runs out. Stay tuned. But there's more breaking news today. The so-called affluenza teen, Ethan Couch, who violated the uh, conditions of his probation and fled to Mexico, have been captured, right? We learned that, that, that they were arrested in Puerto Vallarta this week. Uh, the circumstances surrounding the arrest are kind of funny. We learned that um, Couch was caught in Mexico on Monday along with his mother, Tanya Couch. At- authorities determined their location according to the Associated Press, after, quote, one of the couch's telephones had been used to order delivery from Domino's Pizza to a condo complex in Puerto Vallarta's Old Town, far from the glitzy resorts of the city's newer section, end quote. Uh, So it was a Domino's Pizza that led to their capture. Ethan Couch was due back in the U.S. on Wednesday. However, a last-minute holdup as a Mexican court granted Ethan Couch's request for a stay on his extradition. The story gets curiouser and curiouser. So, yeah, he won a three-day delay in deportation. Now, it wasn't immediately clear whether his mother's return was also put on hold. Once again, stay tuned. But this time, it's justice delayed yet again. All right. We are close to the end of the year. I thought today we would have a little fun with the weird and absurd news of the year. We'll do that a little later this hour with Juliana Forlano. But next, we look at the war on women. Was it still being waged in 2015? Cultural historian Amy Simon weighs in on that next. I'm Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com on the broadcast. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the broadcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. I can rub and scrub till this whole house is shining like a dime. Feed the baby, grease the car, and powder my face at the same time. Get all dressed up, go out and swing till 4 a.m. and then lay down at 5, jump up at 6, and start 
W-O-M-A-N. Yes, you know, we could say 2015 was the year of the woman, or we could say 2015 was the year that the war on women continued. I think I have to go with the latter. To explore all the reasons why, we call on cultural historian Amy Simon. She is the woman behind She's History, the Most Dangerous Women in America, Then and Now. You can find out all about it at She'sHistory.com. But Amy, we'll start by saying, despite all the protestations from the right, the war on women is still going strong. Oh, I know. It's like a terrible wave. It's... It's just mind-blowing, and uh, we have to stay positive and, and fight back and organize the way women do. You know, yep, we do organize we do. and fight back, and we do triumph. So I'm staying positive, yep. but yeah, it's just it's just scary, terrible, and it's never been more important to get our, our people in, in office. Yep. Never been so, more important. Right. So this was the year. I've got a few things, and then we're going to go into some stories you brought us about uh, women in 2015. Right. This was the year that some made-up group called the Center for Medical Progress deceptively edited videotape and cast big aspersions on Planned Parenthood that led to a congressional inquiry and stuff like this. I would quadruple the amount of money if I had my chance to fight cancer and win. And the reason I'm passionate about the hearing today is we got a lot of health care providers who I think in their hearts know that they're trying to provide good The question before us is, does this organization, does Planned Parenthood really need federal subsidy? Does it need federal dollars? Every time we spend a a federal dollar, what we're doing is we're pulling money out of somebody's pocket and we're giving it to somebody else. Oh, come on. What I don't like, what I don't want to tolerate, what I don't want to become numb to is wasting those taxpayer dollars. Uh, So that was Jason Chaffetz, who I believe chaired that um, meeting. And of course, um, we've got to salute Cecile Richards, the CEO Mm -hmm. of Planned Parenthood, who fought back the attacks in the spirit of her late mother, Ann Richards, uh, as only a Richards woman can do. This is an issue that was uh, created by the folks who were opponents of safe and legal abortion and opponents of Planned Parenthood. I think it's more important that we focus on how to get women health care in this country and that they can that they can access safely and affordably. And that's what we're doing today at Planned Parenthood all across this country. Health centers are open for women. And uh, she has been saying, you know, this this um controversy, uh, this made-up controversy, has really hurt them, Um, although fundraising, uh, I know, uh, did okay this year in the wake of the attacks on them. But you're dealing with, like, a presidential candidate who said this. Although I'm not sure we need a half a billion dollars for women's health issues. Yeah, so Amy Simon, uh, the war on women, still um, sadly going strong, huh? Well, it's actually a little, when it comes to Planned Parenthood and reproductive rights and re- reproductive health for women, it's taken a, a, back, a backwards turn, sadly. And I know we spoke about this uh, in one of the shows this year where Elizabeth Warren, when all this went on with the, with the doctored video and the terrible press, she stood up and, and did this wonderful like 20-minute video explaining, or speech rather, explaining how the government does not pay for abortions. Mm. There's so much misinformation, and it's just so easy to manipulate the public. And, you know, people also hear what they want to hear. 
and this has always been the most hot-button issue. You know, it's really interesting that we're talking about this. I happened to catch, going off a little bit, but it's relevant, I happened to catch on HBO they were doing a thing about Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that his grandmother uh, was a midwife, and he was born in 1915. And, of course, back, you know, in our country's history, women were the ones that were delivering um, babies. And, and I've said this too on the air. My grandmother, who uh, came over from Austria and, and lived in the slums and ghettos of the Lower East Side, had 10 abortions. My mother was supposed to be her 11th. Wow. This is, yeah, you know, this is where it all, it all happened because women could not afford a baby. So I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of casually watching this as I'm walking around my house and I sit down because he says, my grandmother, you know, she was an Italian immigrant. She was the smartest person. When Frank Sinatra was born, he had a terrible time, and they, they couldn't get him out, and the doctor came, and nobody knew what to do, but she put him in a bucket of ice water and saved his life. And then his sister, Tina Sinatra, talked about how in those days she was an Italian Catholic, very religious, but she would give abortions. This is also in New Jersey, you know, the lower... Uh, you know, lower class people who, you know, the way that Tina Sinatra put it was, my grandmother knew that there were families that could not afford to feed their children. And you've said this so many times on mm -hmm. your show, Nicole. What's the, the phrase that you use? Oh, save the baby, you know, oh, don't uh, feed love, the child. love the fetus, hate the child. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And so, you know, Frank Sinatra's grandmother performed lots of abortions. Mm. And the way Tina Sinatra put it was, she was. She knew it wasn't the best choice, but she knew it wasn't. You know, she wasn't a fan of it. Like none of us are. Nobody wants to have an right. abortion. But you're when, not pro you have to abortion. Do what you have to do. Right. You can't keep bringing children into the world that you can't take care of. So this issue goes back and back and back, and it's just steeped in religion and you know all of it. So yeah, it's, we're we're in bad shape when it comes to that. But again, we must stay positive. <laughs> and, yes. and you know, women have organized and changed yes. history and changed laws for you. So we have to do it again. We have yes, to do it again. yes. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I've got two more little quick uh, clips to play that I found as sort of um, obviously this one, the the whole war against contraception and abortion and all that. Um, uh, so that that was one. Then there's this, um, and this this quote, uh, innocently enough, got me in a lot of uh, a, a big mess back in Mar or in February at the Oscars. Oh. Patricia Arquette uh, won the award for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Boyhood, and during her acceptance speech, she took a stand and said this. Every woman who gave birth to every taxpayer and citizen of this nation, we have fought for everybody else's equal rights. It's our time to have wage equality once and for all and equal rights for women in the United States of America. Again, listening back, uh, you know, eight months later, ten months later, I still... I, I still cheer what she said. We got to remember this uh, was coming off of the news of the Sony hack in which we learned that the highest paid women in movies were still paid a lot less than their male co-stars. And so that was a big news item. And Patricia Arquette, um, you know, uh, uh, talked about it. This is her universe. And in her universe, she is being discriminated against because she's a woman. She is not being paid on par with a, a, a man doing the same job. 
I thought her rallying cry was wonderful. Of course, we know what happened after that. We don't need to rehash that. I still think it's 2015. We are days away from 2016. We need a damn equal rights amendment already that says women are equal in every way, shape, and form to men. Yeah, you know, Gloria Steinem said this, and it's lots of people have said it, that nobody gives up power. Mm-hmm. You have to grab it. You have to take mm-hmm. it. And, yeah, I mean, the Sony hack was great. It really illuminated what, what a lot of us already know, but it hasn't really been in the public consciousness. And, and you know, women have fought back. Jennifer Lawrence so, did this blog that we talked about on your show a couple weeks ago, and she talked that we're too nice and we're not, we're not raised to be aggressive about demanding equal pay. And, you know, again, it, it's just entrenched in our, in our history that women are nice and docile and, not all of us, not not you for sure, for sure. But yeah, we we have just still seventy. What are we up to? Seventy eight cents now um, on the man's dollar, and women of color still earn less. Mothers are, you know, mothers are the are the most uh, discriminated against when it comes to uh, equal pay and and uh, not being able to to uh, earn as much. And and women pay. It's it's uh, Anne Crittenden who said. Um, that it's that it's women who you lose at least a million dollars of their mm-hmm. earning capacity once they have babies, and you know women off ramp, and you know we we're making some progress. We're still the the the, lead, the country, the most civilized country with the worst record of family family leave, maternity leave, paid fam, you know paid leave for having babies. You know Bernie Sanders is a big champion. He's oh, been yes. talking about that forever. Yep. So yeah, we still have a long way to go. Even the statistics in the Silicon Valley where it's like 11% of women hold CEO positions, 11%. It's, and it's 4% wow. in, in finance and, and in the entertainment industry. You know, Na- what, what was it? Naomi um, Klein just did this fantastic, or, or it was either no- Naomi, Naomi Wolf or Klein. About- or, okay. Naomi, thank you. Yeah. Naomi she Wolf. did this fantastic right. spread in the New York Times Sunday Magazine where they interviewed all these women from the entertainment industry who were discriminated against. They're not making, they're not getting into positions of power. It's all about that from government right down. It's it has not changed much at all. We still we still have so much work to do. That might be the understatement of the day, I Amy know, Simon. It really is. A- Amy Simon is with us. She is uh she's the woman behind She's History, the most dangerous woman in America then and now. It is a a show, it's a school program, it's a whole bunch of things, but it, it grew out of your um, realization that there, that there are precious few resources in education, whether it's in high schools or in um, even colleges, uh, precious few resources spent on women's issues, women's history. Uh, so uh, she'shistory.com is where you find out all about the show. Do check it out. All right, there's one more clip I want to play for you. And this, I think, sums it up. All right? Um, first, I'll play the longer, it's all of a, a minute, and I'm sorry, a, a trigger warning, it's Donald Trump, but this sums up everything that's wrong about him. Well, there's so much more that's wrong about him, but but his attitude, this says in a few words so much all right take it away donald i respect women i love women i cherish women you know hillary clinton said he shouldn't cherish well i said (sighs) i do cherish i cherish women my mother was one of the great people of the world maybe the greatest ever my mother i respect women and i'm going to take care of women you know jeb bush didn't want to fund women's health issues you read that you saw that and then he took it back later 
I will take care of women, and I have great respect for women, and I, I do cherish women, and uh, I will take care of women. <laughs> he respects women, but he thinks women need him to take care of us? Again, this is the key part here. I respect women. I will take care of women, and I have great respect for women, and I, I do cherish women, and uh, I will take care of women. Okay, that doesn't that sum up everything that's wrong with men? Well... Not all men, but for sure, you know, Sexist you know, just, like him. the stuff that comes out of his mouth is just such utter garbage. It's just insulting. And, and he doesn't, doesn't hear sense. that that's a problem. A in their head doesn't, can't pay any attention to right. anything. Right. So. The fact that he doesn't hear what he's saying as a problem, he respects women. And then he says, but I'll take care of them. I'll protect them. I cherish them. No, then you don't respect us. We don't yeah. want your help. Get yeah, away! A story what? that came out when, when um, you know, during the circus that he is, and I talked about this again on your show when uh, Gloria Steinman's book came out a few months ago, and there was a lot of press about it. And she was asked, she was interviewed and asked about Donald Trump's wife. Um, Which one? And I can't remember. The, for his first wife, um, did a, there was a book that came out where she accused him of raping her. Oh right, Ivana. Remember right. that story? Yep, I do and remember something that about story. his hair. Yep. And uh, then she retracted it. Right. You know? Yep. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I think anybody with, with half a brain uh, doesn't pay any attention to Donald Trump. You know, he just, he's, he's a joke. But let's, I don't know what you have on your plate, but I have a few uplifting stories yes, about us gals. Let's do it. I like this one. I'm going to read you the headline and then you can tell us the story. Many of us knew those American Girl dolls. I didn't have one. Yeah. Allison was not a doll kid, but my niece had them. This is they're a big deal. So um, the headline reads: Thousands of foster kids to benefit from boycott of American Girl. Uh huh. Right. This was this turned out to be a story that's that started out terribly and ended wonderfully. And my my younger daughter uh, Ruby, she loved American Doll. I fought hard, <laughs> and they tr you know they tried very hard to to make it a power an empowering thing. They they you know there was Women's History. They did talk about some girls, but it cost four thousand dollars to buy the doll, and then the doll got sick, and you took the doll to the hospital. Wait, I mean, no, 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 not literally four thousand dollars. No, I'm being no, exaggerating. Right. Okay, but because insanely they're expensive. hundreds of dollars. They're expensive dolls. And the maintenance, you know, you, right. it's just ridiculous. So, okay. But anyway, what happened this year was that a guest, uh, that American uh, girl doll uh, did a contest, and a girl who won the contest wrote an essay about her two fathers who adopted her because she was a foster child, and he took, they took her out of the system and saved her life. And um, it's this 11-year-old girl named Amaya. She was in American Girl magazine. She was chosen among thousands of submissions because her story was very inspiring. But it ruffled, I'm kind of reading right out yeah, of their website, ahead. but they, right. they ruffled, it ruffled the right wing feathers of one million moms. And this oh, breaks right. my heart. Uh -huh. This breaks my heart that you have a million moms that did this. They called for a boycott of American Girl dolls and Mattel, who was the parent company, because it was furthering the gay agenda. And the quote was, the magazine could have chosen another child to write about and remained neutral in the culture war. And that's just a can of worms right there, the culture war, which talks about, you know, Planned Parenthood, abortion, gay rights, all the things that are right and that they're wrong about. But so they, they lost their war because the back, the, their boycott backfired. 
the story gained all this momentum, you know, it went viral, and her family were, you know, got a ton of press and publicity, and beautifully, you know, they were on Fox News, they were on, you know, the, in the Washington Post, having to all of it, all over the place, right. good housekeeping, and they ended up raising so much money, because their, their fathers have a, a charity called Comfort Cases, and they support foster kids. I mean, these are the most beautiful human beings. They adopted, they adopted four African-American or black kids, mm-hmm. these two lovely white gay men who wanted right. a family, and they nice. got one. And they ended up raising more, 70% more, 500 more. They just got a ton of money. It was a 65% increase on what they raised last year. And, you know, if I had money, I'd give it to them in a heartbeat. So right. one million, yeah, it's a beautiful story. That's awesome. A beautiful story and brings right. attention again to who the hell are you to tell us how to tell anybody how to have a family? You know, right. it's just right. right. All right. Another story. Um, and I love this one. Malala Yousafzai, of course, is an yeah. inspirational figure. I mean, she turned, she turned 18 this year, which is incredible. I just, I can't even, I, I mean, I think about what the future holds for this woman and what she can do. Uh, what I believe she will do for the rest of us as I talk about pulling out a crystal ball and making predictions. Uh, I don't know that it'll happen in 2016, but Malala, I think, will do great things. I have no doubt. Anyway, Emma Watson, the young, uh, the, the young woman who played Hermione Granger in all the Harry Potter movies, um, sort of came into her own this year. She, she became a, like a UN, UN ambassador, right? She, she delivered a speech at the UN. A yes. UN goodwill ambassador, she, right. She actually did it in 2014. Oh, That's when okay. she made that speech in gotcha. 2014 okay. where she talked about, yeah. Mm-hmm. From the interview. Okay. So this year, right. uh, Emma Watson got to interview Malala. And this segment in that 20-minute interview, um, well, you'll hear it for yourself. Yeah. Well, my father, he has set an example to all parents and all male, all, uh, all men that... If we want equality, if we want equal rights for women, then we have to, men have to step forward. Because if we, if we complain that women don't get equality, equal rights, it's mean like all the things are taken by men. So they need to, they need to step back and say, we want, we are here to support. So it can't happen that men are just thinking it's just a few women's job who are crazy feminists and they're going to change it and things are going to be changed soon. It's not going to happen like this. We all have to work together. That's how change will come. And this is the, the role that my father has taken. He believes in women's rights. He believes in equality. And he calls himself a feminist. But interestingly, this word feminism, it has been a very tricky word. And I have, when I heard it the first time, I was, I heard it in, in, a, in like, I heard some negative responses and some positive ones. And I hesitated in saying, am I a feminist or not? And then after hearing your speech, uh, when you said, if not now, when, if not me, who, I decided that there's no way and there's, there's nothing wrong by calling yourself a feminist. So I am a feminist mm. and we all should be feminist because feminism is another word for equality. Feminism is another word for, another equality. Word for equality. Oh my God, I have goosebumps. I know. She's yep. amazing. That interview took place at what was called the Into. It was a film festival, and, and Emma Watson was helping to promote the Malala documentary that came out this year called I Am Malala. And Malala says, she said, it's not just a movie. She doesn't, she doesn't want it to be just a movie, but a movement. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. She's so articulate and amazing for her age and yes, what she's she been is. through. Talk about role models. I mean, my whole entire play, She's History, was inspired because my daughter thought she could do a women's history report on Cher or Janet Jackson. Right. And that's what led me down the whole path of our children, boys and girls, don't have the proper role models. They don't have the right ones. And, and Malala has done more for the role models than anyone I can think of in, in this generation. You know, I mean, for us, it was the Gloria Steinems and people like that. But, yeah, she's amazing. Right. I think she's going to be the president of Pakistan in I think so too. I truly I, do. I think so, too. All right, Amy Simon, one last story, uh, women in 2015. And I think um, th- this, what goes along with this is the news from Playboy magazine that they are going to start – um, phasing out the the complete nude female photos in their magazine. Um, I think that's a huge point. I think, you know, a girly naked magazine's sort of an anachronism. If men want porn or anybody for that matter wants it, you can get it on the in the inter- on the internet. Um, yeah. a hell of a lot more explicit than, you know, simple nude photos in Playboy, which again, I think it's uh, an era gone by. Um, with that said, uh, there's this story about the 2016 Pirelli calendar. And from the New York Times, the the Pirelli calendar they describe as the arty softcore ode to pinups produced by the Italian tire manufacturer, shot by renowned photographers, starring supermodels and never sold but given to an exclusive group of 20,000 VIPs, musicians, politicians, and royalty. So the thing that makes this year, the 2016 Pirelli calendar, so different is um, everything, right? We all saw the Amy Schumer nude where she's, you know, naked. She's she's basically got her, you know, naughty bits strategically covered. But there she is looking, I think, gorgeous and like a real woman with actually a couple of belly rolls showing. Um, but, but what then we learn is that all the other photos in the 2016 calendar, uh, except for one of Serena Williams, in which, you know, her back is to the camera. Gore, what an amazing body she's got. She's just wow. wearing like a bathing suit amazing. bottom yeah. and she's face to the wall. And you yeah. see her incredible, incredible body. Um, but the yeah. rest of them are all fully clothed and they include people like, Fran Lebowitz, who is 65-year-old author, and others who are not your typical pinups, right? This is a great story, Amy. Oh, I know. I was so excited. You know, Nicole, I always say this. I love when I come on and I have the time, which I really didn't this time, to research to come on the show because it's just like going down the rabbit hole. And I always find these amazing stories. This is what completely motivates me to keep writing and performing about women in history until I leave this planet. There are so many amazing women and stories that we don't, that are so inspiring. Like this, you know, one of the women who got a call, her name is Agnes Gund. Never heard of her. Right. She's a 77-year-old philanthropist and the president of the Museum of Modern Art. She's in the calendar. Wow. Those, you know, those are the kind of people that we don't know anything about. You know, it's just so inspiring. Amy Simon is full of inspiring stories about women. She tells the stories of the women that we didn't learn about in school because we don't learn much about women's history in school. But uh, her show is called She's History, The Most Dangerous Women in America, Then and Now. Uh, It's a one-woman show. She's reworking it for a cast. She has school programs. You name it. Check it out at She'sHistory.com. Amy Simon, cultural historian, as we look at uh, the 2015 continuation of the war on women. 
All right. We'll take a break here and come back on the other side for uh, some year-end humor with one of my favorite year-end humorists, Juliana Forlano. She joins us next for the best absurd news stories of the year and a little game of notable quotables. It's coming up next on the broadcast. I'm Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com. In for Brad and Desi. Lots more to come. Don't go away. One more Nicole. She's on live Monday through Friday from 10 to noon Eastern Time and repeating all day at RadioOrNot.com. Listen anytime. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got more breaking news for you as we continue this edition of the broadcast. I'm Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com, holding down the fort for the end of the year. Uh, but yes, we have another casualty in the GOP clown car. Yeah, one more contestant has dropped out of the reality show known as the Republican Primary Contest. This time, well... It's one of the most experienced of the entire field. Well, tonight is the end of my journey for the White House as I suspend my campaign for president. I'm confident we can elect the right person, someone who will bring us together and who understands that politicians, including the president, must be the people's servant and not their master. I know the best of America is still ahead of us. Happy New Year. May God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. I'm George Pataki, ah. and I approve this message. All right, Governor Pataki, um, we hardly knew ye, or maybe we knew ye too much. I don't know. It, it, it's, it is opposite world, right, when the most reasonable in the campaign uh, drop out among the earliest. Then again, you know what, as we're about to get into the segment on the year's absurd news, the entire Republican primary process qualifies, just saying. All right, but we are going to move on to a professional. The professional in this case is the one and only Juliana Forlano. These days she hosts a very cool YouTube uh, video thing for ACT TV. And yes, she still does the Juliana Forlano show on WBAI, the they keep moving her around a bit. She's still there. And thankfully, she's here with us to help recap the year in absurd news on the broadcast. 2015 oh, was the year of the absurdly crazy. I've got some stuff, but I know I think you put together some of the, the craziest, most insane news stories of the year, right? I put together a list uh, of some of what we were calling the big BS uh, stories of the year, and uh, well, I think you pro- if you've been talking about it all week, you've probably already hit some of these uh, major points. So yeah. I tried to hit some of the minor points. Okay. Um, yeah, and we talked about some of this before. Um, the fact that uh, well, there's there's several. So should we just jump right? Yeah, in? let's do it. Okay. So there's a co- you know a couple of stories that it, <laughs> I mean. The fact that Benghazi was still in the news this year, and it was one of the top stories of last year, Amazing. and right. maybe the year before, and probably next year, I just thought was, you know, I just thought it should be on the list. Uh-huh. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Benghazi. Benghazi Tourette's. 
became a real Benghazi like disease. Yes. forever. Just yep. put it on your list for, for the next, especially if she wins, we're never going to oh hear the God. end of it. Benghazi Tourette's, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, the, the, the Volkswagen emissions scandal yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. It really Remember was. Remember that. Yes. Um, yeah, 11 Volkswagen. million cars proving that there are lies of commission, omission, and now thanks to VW, uh, there's lies of emission. Ooh. A whole other type of lie. And can I just say, <laughs> to add insult to injury, those Volkswagen commercials where they take the guy on the test drive like through their lives, just stop. Like, stop it now. Just saying. Yeah, I, I have to turn those because oh being pregnant and all, anything that has any kind of emotional. <laughs> I said the other day, like, people are asking me, are you crying at Kleenex commercials? I'm like, I'm crying at commercials for Chili. Yes. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> Hormones. <laughs> it's yes. beyond. Gotcha. Although that kind of goes away after a while somehow. Oh, okay. Good. Good to now know. Now I'm like, I can handle a Chili's commercial. Bring on a TGIF commercial. Well, I can do but that. McDonald's. Of different nationalities Forget- having, having lunch together. But forget about McDonald's, because the McDonald's commercials will slay you. McDonald's commercials make me cry, and I'm not even pregnant. (laughs) What do they do? I never... Oh, they're like all... I I haven't seen any recently, but yeah, they, you know, in the past. All right. um, More absurd uh, news stories of the year? More absurd news stories of the year? Yes. Um, Let's see. Well, uh, Cecil DeLion was killed oh, over the summer, God. as we remember. Yes. For was... sad. I, I, I kind of start hating these lists when I have to remember all right. these horrible things. Um, uh, and outreach, obviously, was sparked, which uh, I thought the, the positive outcome of that is that um, it proved that some of even, you know, some of the most hardened Americans still have souls when it comes to large animals. Uh, yes. Because there were people upset across the board. Yes, there were. So I took it as a, I tried to take it as a positive, you know? Yep. Okay. Now, here's something that has no impact on anything except it makes you think about the state of the American people and what they care about, and I guess we care about. So, remember earlier this year when social media erupted into these frenzy called Dressgate, millions oh, yeah. of people <laughs> around the world gathered and argued over the color of a friggin' dress. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, and but, but what the funniest thing is that some people still don't get it. David, my soon-to-be husband, said, yeah, I don't get it. It was a, it was a gold and white dress. It's like, that's the point, because so many people <laughs> saw black and blue. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, you know... The thing about the dress that got me is that, uh, you know, we still don't really have, we still don't really have an answer to it. And, um, (laughs) but I believe we're going to find out the answer to that dress thing before we find out what color Donald Trump's hair truly is. God, I just want to see the thing unraveled one time. I want to see it like laying out (laughs) flat. Because you know it's it's oh, like wrapped yeah. around covering up a bald spot, but you know whatever. I, I frankly, I'd prefer just not to see or hear from Donald Trump ever again. But you know that's just me. I know, but his name is on half the buildings in this town. <laughs> I'm getting New York. It's kind of hard to. I'm so I was sorry. Thinking, like, don't people wanna? Won't people wanna? Isn't it kind of embarrassing? Like, shouldn't people? Don't you think the property value is going to start dropping? Like, if he gets in and continues with these policies, he's saying. Isn't living in a building that has a big Trump tower at the top, like living in a place that says 
Pol Pot Palace or, you know. <laughs> yeah, like Saddam's uh, palace in Iraq that is now the, our biggest, yeah, exactly. the biggest embassy in the world. Yeah, right. I hear you. You would think All right. that you hey. might not want to live under, no. like, in Hitler powers. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Hey, Juliana Forlano, I'm going to turn the tables on you a little bit because 2015 oh, yeah? was the year of the crazy, and it was also the year of the crazy quote. So I'm going to oh. um, steal a... Uh, um, oh, a, yeah, let's play. A line from Jeopardy, and the category is notable quotables. So here's how oh, it'll work, Juliano Forlano. I will play you a quote, an audio clip, and you will tell me who said it. All right? You ready? Okay. Okay, right. I'm ready. So here's our... Okay, that's all. <laughs> that we're, we're short on time. All right, so here's your first quote. This is going to be a hard one. We'll start with a difficult one. Um All right, here we go. Take it away. Don't you believe that this regulation that requires this uh, gentleman to wash his hands before he serves your food is important, should be on the books? As a matter of fact, I think it's, it's one that I can illustrate the point. I said, I don't have any problem with Starbucks if they choose to opt out of this policy as long as they post a sign that says... We don't require our employees to wash their hands after leaving the restroom. The market will take care of that. Oh, no. Ew. Okay. Who said it? Ew. <laughs> oh. Oh. Is it Lindsey Graham? Nope. But it is a U.S. senator. I'm only guessing by, by that accent. The accent. All right. It is a U.S. <laughs> senator, Tom Tillis. Does, does, yeah. oh, we don't need laws saying that you've got to wash your hands after you use the bathroom before you serve us food. No, it should be voluntary. Yeah. All right. Um, so far, we're 0 for 1, Juliana. All right. So I'm, I'll make, <laughs> okay, I'm a big loser. Uh, I'll All make right. the next one easy for you. Okay. We go Thank back. You. We go back to January for this one. Get out of here, okay. you low-life scum. <laughs> Do you need to hear oh. that one again? Here we go. Yes, Listen please. carefully because it goes by quickly. Get out of here, you low-life scum. Get out of here, Mm. you low-life scum, is the quote. Juliana Forlano, who said it? Well, probably not Pope Francis. Uh... (laughs) Nope, nope. All right. Wait, wait, give me some context. Give me Um, another, a a U.S. senator. Wow. Yeah? One last time. Wait a minute. Get out of here, you low-life scum. It had to do with Code Pink. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, I don't well, know. Uh, time's Sorry, up. I'm right. horrible. That, that would be Senator John McCain. John McCain, who said it to the Code Pink protesters when they tried to do a citizen's arrest of, um, oh, God, who was it? It was uh, um, somebody old. It was an old war criminal. I, I can't remember who. But anyway, that happened. All right. Here's another. This is also an easy one, Juliana Forlano. Well, that was easy? Oh, that geez. was easy. Well, hold on. Let me, can I call my friends in the audience? No, we don't have time. We don't have time. But I'll tell okay. you what. Okay. If you were at okay. RadioOrNot.com, live, live broadcast and chat, the chat room is playing along. Even even though there's a little bit of a delay, there's still... So is the chat room totally killing me? They're yes. probably totally killing the, me. Even though, even though there, there's a delay, they're better than you. Okay. So clip... I hope you're in... <laughs> Reveling in my ignorance. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Cl- clip number three. <laughs> Who said it? We go back to March for this one. Oh, it's Henry Kissinger. Cocaine is a product of a vegetable. Alcohol is a product of a vegetable. Marijuana is a vegetable. <laughs> and yet people are enslaved to vegetables. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Who said it? I got you. Good old Pat Robertson. Yay! You can't beat you get a ding Pat Robertson. Yeah, all right. You're one for three. All right, this one you'll get I'm to. I'm a slave to vegetables. I'm yes. a slave to vegetables. Okay. Uh, quote number okay. four. Notable quotables of 2015. Juliana Forlano. Who said it? A lot of people who go into prison go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I remember talking about this. Damn. Um, a oh, lot of ben, people. Ben Carson. Oh, my God. Ben, ben Carson. Yay. Ben Carson. Good job. Okay. It took you a little <laughs> long, but okay. All right. This one. This one's a good one. It's a little well, lengthy. I, you, I had a dream yes. about Ben Carson yesterday. It was very odd. <laughs> I, I don't think we want to know that. I don't think we want to I hear think that. it wasn't good. It yeah, was, okay. I don't know. He was just standing there in front of Jesus on my mantle. It was odd. <laughs> like in a, it anyway, was his painting. Did you buy his painting at an auction or something? The picture of him and old Jesus? No, no we were. I was talking about Ben Carson uh, and how he seems like he's medicated yesterday. Oh, well, uh, and um, we were. Yeah. I was talking with some therapist friends of mine, and we were trying to guess perhaps which medication he might right. be on because he has what they call a flat affect which means he doesn't go up, he doesn't go down, he doesn't go around. He's just, he's always just Ben Carson, uh, you know. Yes, and, uh, he's monotone. He's so low energy. Go figure. All right. Uh, no moving right along, Juliana Forlano, in our game of Notable Quotables of 2015, who said it? Would you identify yourself as an African-American? I actually don't like the term African-American. I prefer black. And I would say that if... Um, you know, if I was asked, I would definitely say that, yes, I do consider myself to be black. Who said it? Oh, yeah. Come on. A woman from the NAACP in, what was it, Seattle? I forgot the hell. I, for, I forget where she was. Yeah. Washington State, right? I think. Rachel maybe. Dolezal, right? Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal. Yeah. Yes. Juliana Forlano is on a roll. All right. This is an easy one. You're going to get this one. But what you need to listen carefully to is what this man is saying, because this is the embodiment of opposite world. Okay. In this quote. Okay. Here we okay. go. Here we go. I don't know you. I I vacillate between the various theories I've heard, but you know, if you, if you had uh, somebody as president who wanted to take America down, who wanted to fundamentally weaken our position in the world, reduce our capacity to influence events, turn our back on our allies, and, and encourage our adversaries, it would look exactly like what Barack Obama would do. It. Um, I think his uh, his actions are constituted, in, in my mind, the, those of the worst president we've ever had. <laughs> Now, what makes uh, that funny? Is that Darth? Is that Darth Cheney? That is Darth Cheney, <laughs> the uh, the man with the uh, the Iron Heart, who actually dared oh. to say someone else was the worst president we ever had. Yes, Darth Cheney was the worst president we've ever had. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another exactly. unelected president. That's right. <laughs> the All second right. to Bush, who uh, was also unelected. Yes. That's right. There you go. The worst presidents ever. Okay, so Darth Cheney. All right, moving right along. This this one's going to be a little more difficult. So okay, Juliana I'm redeeming for- myself here. Okay, Come on. get ready. Well, you'll you'll get, you'll get, this is the Daily Double. Juliana Forlano, Ooh. the category is Notable Quotables of 2015. Who said it? And at this price, it's a reasonable profit, not excessive at all. I told you, this is a hard oh. one. I, uh, can I give you the guy uh, who he is? It's not yes. his name because yes. I forget his name. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the guy who raised 
the AIDS pills up from like $3 or $15 to like $700 each. You got it. Martin Shkreli, the most hated man in pharmaceuticals, and that's, you know, just saying, um, who took the, the price of this medication from whatever it was, $7 a pill up to Seven, 750 yeah. Increased the price 5,000%. Pharma boy, Martin Shkreli. You know, it's nice when you can just see how wrong something is. Yes. It's just By the way, obvious. There's not like a lot of yelling about it. That's right. By the way, while we're speaking <laughs> about things about which we are wrong... Um, correction time, correction time. I screwed up yesterday when I was talking about, you know, the big media stories of the year. And I talked about, you know, the whole Brian Williams kerfuffle. And I said, you know, the one good outcome was that, um, you know, they promoted NBC promoted, uh, Lester Holt. He of the gigantic forehead, Lester Holt to, um, the, the anchor of the NBC nightly news. He was the weekend guy in the fill in. And, and I said, becoming the first uh, African-American anchor of a nightly news program. Wrong. Oops, I need the buzzer. I get the buzzer. Because I can't tell you how many people reached out yesterday and said, technically you're wrong. Um, You know, yes, the first solo African-American network nightly news anchor. However, Max Robinson was the first African-American network news anchor. I think he was one of three who anchored uh, the ABC Nightly News or World News Now or whatever they called it. Um, um, Yes, Max Robinson back in the 80s. And, you know, but, but here's my thinking. When you go more than a generation... Without, it's like getting your virginity back. If you go more than a generation <laughs> without sex, the then then you are a born again virgin. So you know, <laughs> I give Lester Holt the honorary, um, you know, first African American uh, solo network news anchor. It's nice. It's nice that that your um, people, your listeners in the uh, chat room are so, you know, on top of things. This oh, is yeah. very good. Well, that wasn't from the it chat. Makes me, this it was, makes me happy from America. This was an email, and I had at least three or four people oh, reach yeah. out via email and Twitter yesterday because I made that mistake. And I, But I always tell them, please, if I make a mistake, correct me. I don't want to be wrong, and I don't want to give out bad information. So there's that. All right? So there's the correction what? department. You don't want to give out bad information Do you believe and it? you're in the news in America? Isn't what that is amazing? That's because I'm in the <laughs> liberal dot media. The liberal dot media by the way where you find the liberal media all right we got a few more quotes for you this this one you might get you might not get juliana forlano um but this this was a big so much turned on this very quote okay it's from september 30th if that helps you at all notable quotables who said it what you're going to see is a conservative speaker that takes a conservative congress that puts a strategy to fight and win. And let me give you one example. Everybody thought Hillary Clinton was unbeatable, right? But we put together a Benghazi special committee, a select committee. What are her numbers today? Her numbers are dropping, why? Because she's untrustable. But no one would have known any of that had happened had we not fought and made that happen. I agree, that's something good. I give you credit for that. Who said it? McCarthy! Kevin McCarthy! gave away the whole strategy, became uh, not uh, the speaker-elect, as it were. Um, He blew it. He blew it. That's right. It's amazing. (laughs) Only in the Republican Party can you totally, uh, you know, destroy your career by telling the truth. Uh, Amazing. It's kind of a weird victory, right? Because, like, 
he told the truth, and we didn't really want him as a speaker of the house anyway. But now we're stuck with Paul friggin' Ryan. Not no, that great. and and that was Kevin McCarthy who gave away no, the strategy of the um, you know, the Benghazi witch hunt to discredit right. Hillary to make her numbers come down. And sure enough, okay, there you go. All right, this is a two-parter. It's going to be really easy, but I got to play, got to play both parts to get the gist okay. of the idiocy of the of the notable quotable. All right, so here we go. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and we're getting more recent. This is just from November, November 18th. Okay, here you go. So what does the focus on Christian families actually look like? Is that going to... Well, you gonna... you're a Christian. I mean, you can prove you're a Christian. It's... How? I think you can prove it. If you can't prove it, How? then you, you know, you err on the side of caution. You so err on the side like of caution. So I'm just saying, a lot. I'm saying, it's like a family like Nora's, or anybody that is in ISIS-related territory that's a Christian, but a lot of her family isn't persecuted. Christian. A they lot of her family isn't Christian. So would you say that a Christian family should they take should precedent? They should be thoroughly vetted. They should be thoroughly vetted. <laughs> and we should and we should do everything we can to provide safe havens in the region. And that's exactly what I've proposed. Okay, so that was the first part of the quote. Then a few days later, he was asked to clarify. You can tell when someone is a Christian in in the Middle East. I can promise you that. Uh, it's by name, by by their you know where they're born, their birth certificates. There are ample means by which to know this. Oh my God! Okay, so who was it? Okay, that was Jebby Bush, the not next president of the United right. States, or Heb, <laughs> or Heb is the the Hispanics Heb. call him Heb. All right, um, here's here, I got his voice to... kind of gives it away. Yeah, even before he's the voice of what he's talking about, just kind of gives him away. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, and what's really freaky is before 2015, we were all led to believe he was the smart one. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I guess there's not a smart one. Well, no, the father was the smart one. Uh, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, yeah. All right, two I mean, more. he's intelligent. Right? I just don't agree right. with anything he does. Ex- well, exactly. Okay. With, all right. Well, we'll stop. okay, anyway, moving on. All right, on. I got two more for you. Here's this, the, the penultimate uh, in our notable quotables uh, category for 2015. Here you go. Jiminy Cricket, this is a made-up nonsense example. Last I checked, we don't have a rubber shortage in America. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He's the same guy who, who misunderstood the meaning of green eggs and ham. Oh, God. Rubber shortage? What the hell was he talking about? He was about? talking about... Uh, I hope it wasn't uh, childhood sexual Let me put it in context for you. It's like in a spelling bee using it in a sentence. The context is uh, this man, who is a U.S. senator, to give you a, uh, a you know, more another hint, uh, does not believe that, um, that, that the Republicans ever um, said that they wanted to take away women's birth control. And so... You notice he said, there's not a rubber shortage. Get it? Because, you know, he's oh. conflating uh, oral contraceptives with condoms. Let me just, let me just say <laughs> that I'm going to take a guess yes. that it's Ted Cruz. You are <laughs> correct, my friend. Actually, yeah. it's Raphael Cruz. Cause that's Ted his Raphael real name. Cruz? Yes, Raphael is his <laughs> real name. It's not Ted. It's like Heb really? is he, actually John Ellis Bush. Yes, call him Raphael. That is his given name. 
Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Just Willard like Mitt was Willard. <laughs> Mitt was Willard, and Ted is Raphael. Okay. I, I have one last one for you, and I, I'm well, giving. Well, Willard and Mitt don't. That doesn't really no. change the dynamic of the name. Yeah, but, going but from Ted Raphael and, to Ted right. really Americanizes it up. You can you try to pass and acculturate, you know. Acculturate. Did you did you just say acculturate? Acculturate. Okay. Inculturate. We can talk about okay. that. Okay. All right. I got one <laughs> one more for you. And I'll, and I'll tell okay, you where okay. where this was delivered. It was, and, and I'll even narrow it down for you so you've got a good hint. Um, back at the beginning of, of, uh, of, of December, it was December 3rd, uh, most of the Republican candidates um, spoke before um, the, the Republican Jewish coalition. And it was almost a race to see who could pander uh, more. All right? So that, that is your context, in which one of those Republican candidates actually said this. Listen carefully. Who said it? My mother told me one time, she said, Johnny, when I was a very young oh, man, she said, away. Johnny, if you want to look for a really good friend, get somebody who's Jewish. <laughs> and you know why she said that? Oh, my God. She said, no matter what happens to you, your friend... Your Jewish friend will stick by your side and fight right with you and stand by you. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Now, you know, it was a Johnny. So yeah. I don't, now there were only 37 Republican candidates. And off the top of my head, I can't think how many are named uh, John. But that well, does give it, it away. it must be John Kasich, because that's the only right, John the only I know, John. unless somebody else is going now, by some other that was, name. That was Kasich, the governor of Ohio, who's really, you know, got some of his own problems to worry about there in the state of Ohio. In fact, we're going to get into that next with Cliff Schechter. But um, John Kasich, really? You're, the Jewish friends are always the nice one. You know what? Quit pandering. Go home. Be the bigot that you are, like the rest of the Republicans in your caucus unbelievable i mean to talk that is just the most pandering insulting ridiculous thing i've heard and i've heard some pretty ridiculous did he also things. wear like a yarmulke and oh he probably <laughs> did, he go did. the full pan- nine yards of pander we need to play the jim gilmore one we'll do this we'll end with oh. this one um and i just gave it away so all right this might oh, be the oh. notable quotable of the year at that same event the gop jewish coalition uh, you know, the, the man who can't even make it on the kids' table debate, Jim Gilmore, um, said this to the gathered, you know, Jewish uh, uh, people <laughs> in attendance. Last night, I was, uh, was watching Schindler's List. Everybody here has seen Schindler's List. Really, because that's what you do on December 2nd. Before you talk to the Jewish right. coalition, you watch Schindler's List. I guess it was just, well, you know, it came on the TV or he took a special trip to Redbox to get it, knowing uh, he was going to talk uh, to the Jews. Well, he was obviously doing research since he doesn't know that much about his audience, right? So he I clearly, oh, yeah, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. You. It's been lovely to be with you. Have a wonderful, wonderful new year. And um, then you have a wonderful wedding. I will. And I look forward to seeing the photos and a happy new year to you. And we'll talk in January. Yay! Juliana Forlano, Yay! everybody. Thank you very much, honey. Bye, Find everybody. her. Bye-bye. On the Twitters, at Juliana Bye. Forlano. And, of course, on um, uh, at JulianaForlano.com. And, yes, um, you have to find her, but she is still at 
WBAI in New York. And with that, there's just one more edition of the broadcast left in 2015. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by John Nichols of The Nation to honor those who uh, deserve honoring. We'll recap the 2015 Progressive Honor Roll. I've been uh, getting together with John Nichols at the end of the year for the past, I don't know, eight or nine years now, it seems, uh, doing this. And sadly, neither Brad Friedman nor Nicole Sandler made the cut this year. But hey, there's always 2016, right? But first, we got to finish off 2015, and we'll do that tomorrow. So uh, I'll see you then. I'm Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com. In for Brad and Desi at the broadcast. Until tomorrow, to quote Brad Friedman, good luck, world. <laughs>